Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio, and if you're a fan of our old school episodes, this is an episode for you, because my name is Matt Sin, I am here with my little brother Micah and my cousin Kyle Pauly. Micah comes before Kyle because I'm not a fan of alphabetical order, and you know what, this isn't the only gimmick that's back, because we're about to do for the first time in forever. For the first time in forever. This day in wrestling history. So, Micah. Yes. It's, it's been it's been a while. I know this day in wrestling history, you haven't really done a whole lot of those. So, for the Wrestle Life heel, for my good friend Chris Cumby, I want you to give me your best this day in wrestling history. This day in wrestling history. That's good. You ask it like a question, but that's fine. No big deal. I'm it down. is a question. What what happened? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been informed. <laughs> so 12 years ago today, February 18th, 2008, the WWE announced Ric Flair would be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. He was the first active wrestler to be inducted, but lost to HBK the very next night. And retiring after that match. Retiring, I say with quotation. Yeah, air quotes. Woo! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he's uh, it didn't, didn't last didn't last very long. His WWE retirement lasted, but he was back very soon. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Nine years ago today, WWE aired the 600th episode of SmackDown. Edge defeated Dolph Ziggler to win the belt. Right after, I believe, Vicky awarded it to him. Like, here's your title. And Edge is like, no thanks, and took it right back. Was that around uh, Concussion Gate or whatever it was? I don't even remember. I just remember Teddy Long came back, and he's like, like, holla, 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 here's Edge or something. I don't know. <laughs> that was my Teddy Long. It was terrible. And then seven years ago today, the WW seven years ago today in 2013, guys, get this. The WWE replaced the spinner belts. Can you believe that thing stuck around for eight years? They need to bring it back, honestly. But no, it's fine. As long as Gordy G as as champion with the spinner belt. I get that. Picture it now, headlining WrestleMania. Can you guys tell me who introduced that WWE title? I actually think the spinner belt is more likely to come back than Shorty G being champion. (laughs) That is true. I do know this. Mm -hmm. It was The Rock. It was The Rock. Correct. First, that's one point for me, Kyle. I'm already ahead in trivia. Also, speaking of old school episodes, we are doing trivia at the end, but no, that doesn't count. I'm sorry, Micah. Counts. No, no. So we're going to move into AEW now, and we're going to talk about some of the highlights of each show. We're going to talk about AEW Dynamite. We'll talk about SmackDown, and then we'll talk about Raw. We're going to end the episode on a uh, with trivia, and then the loser of trivia has 30 seconds to convince me of something. And I'm actually really excited about this one. So we're going we're gonna to see how it goes. So AEW opened up with the Elite, Kenny Omega, and Adam Page. Not the Elite, I guess, because Adam Page isn't really in the Elite anymore. Versus SCU, and they won that title, or they won the match. It was for the tag titles. The SCU kind of played heel here. So Micah, tell me, do you do you think they're going to turn heel? I don't know. Uh, I noticed that they were, they were playing heel throughout the match. Um, I thought maybe they would angle it towards they're willing to do anything to get the titles back um, kind of thing. But uh, like we talked about in last week's uh, episode regarding the Exalted One, if 
Christopher Daniels does end up being the exalted one. They could be starting the turn for SCU to turn heel and maybe go with them. Uh, I'm not really sure. I, I think I need to see one more match out of them to really determine what they're going to do. But uh, like AEW said before, they aren't trying to do so black and white with their face and heels. So maybe they're just uh, maybe it's just kind of a one-off thing. Do you agree, Kyle? I think they're I think they're going to turn heel just for the sake of getting their catchphrase back. Because uh, it doesn't work yeah. on their baby faces. It's stupid as a baby face. <laughs> it is uh, kind of stupid. Gimmick. Like what? So I didn't know of the gimmick, right? When I went to AEW's uh, uh, their rally, I guess they called it their pep rally. Essentially, is what it was in Jacksonville. Right. And then Scorpio Sky goes, "This is the worst town I've ever been in." Everyone's like, "Yeah!" I'm looking around. And I'm like, "Is he not a heel?" Like I, I don't understand. Everyone was cheering, and I love Kazarian and Christopher Daniels, so I'm cheering. And uh, I had I had no idea, but apparently, you know, that's that's their thing, which is not good for a baby face. I don't I don't dig it. I mean, so, I, I was I thought it was OK when they were heels. I, it got over. But I mean, so did the list. And it was yeah. like it could still be I mean, and the bubbly and stuff like that. I mean, you could still be a good heel and have a catchphrase. that gets over. My problem was when they were just full fledged baby faces and they would say it and then start smiling and then go on with their baby face promo. I was like, okay, that doesn't fit in here at all. So That's correct. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. So, Kyle, you weren't on our Exalted One podcast, so I'm just going to ask you the next question. Is Christopher Daniels the Exalted One? Because before this match started, uh, the Dark Order had a promo package, and then Christopher Daniels walks away. He's like, don't worry, guys. I got it. Then the Dark Order came out and attacked the good guys, all four of them plus other people, after the match was over, and then just never – Christopher Daniels never came back. No, I don't think it's Daniels. I think he's too obvious of a choice uh, just because they're hitting at it so much. I think they do a good job of dropping hints, but I think this one's a little bit more deliberate. So I think they're deliberately doing this to, you know, just cause some confusion. And I mean, my vote would be Matt Hardy uh, or if not Matt Hardy, somebody that nobody's suspecting. So they've probably got like a plan B in mind. Uh, and I think a Matt Hardy could be that character because I think he could elevate the Dark Order in general. So, um, yeah, if, if not Matt Hardy, I think it's going to be someone nobody's expecting. Yeah, if, if I recall right, Mike, and you can tell me if I'm crazy, I think me, you, and Riley all picked Matt Hardy as the exalted one and Carol picked Christopher Daniels. Is that right? That is correct. Okay, that's what I thought. Trivia so, number two. <laughs> I don't think that counts. So we had a women's championship match, and Riho wrestled Nyla Rose. It was a really solid match, really good match, actually. Um, I know, Micah, you hate Riho, but I, I thought this was... I don't hate her. I thought this was one of the best matches she's had in AEW. Um, Nyla Rose came away with a victory, and they did a title change on free television. So they've, they've essentially had two title changes, uh, one on a boat on Dynamite. And on this the one now, boat, Matt. Yeah. The boat, excuse me, sorry. The Jera boat. The Jera boat, the boat of Jericho. And uh, this one also on free TV, so they haven't had a title change yet on uh, on a pay-per-view, which I think is interesting, but they only have about four a year, four or five a year. Um, was it the right call, Micah, to take the title off of Riho? Because I know that she's not your favorite, but you were there at Dynamite with me, and you saw all those children that were sitting, you know, on the next row over, screaming and cheering her name when she came out. So was it the right call? Yeah, I think it was the right call to take it off of Riho. She just doesn't have the schedule to put in full-time as a champion. 
Um, I will say that it's the past two darks, Riho's had very good matches. And, and again, your women's champion has been on dark for the last two weeks, not on Dynamite, not on your television show, on dark. I don't get that. Um, people complain about her not being there enough. I don't know if it's all her fault with her scheduling or if they just haven't booked her well. I don't know. Um, the past two weeks, she could have been on Dynamite. Obviously, she was there. She put on two very good matches, and uh, most of the viewers didn't get to see it. But, yeah, I think it was the right decision to take it off of her just because I don't think her schedule uh, really calls for being a champion right now. Um, I think she'll probably come back um, full-time at some point in her career and uh, maybe come back for the title. But I think it's also a good idea to go ahead and put it on a heel at the moment. That way you can build up the next baby face for the women's division. Um, you've got some great opportunities with Hikaru Shida. You've got uh, Chris Statlander. You've got Shanna, which is not going to come because now they had, a whole, hockey. Yeah, they, they had a whole thing, Shanna and, and Nyla, and, and that, they already had a feud. Shanna got destroyed, so I don't see that happening. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good opportunities to bring in a new baby face. Uh, and, and Cody actually had a, uh, a press conference today. And he said that the reason that Nyla Rose is the women's champion is because she's the best in the women's division. And it's not correct. However, I will say this match was the best I've seen on Nyla Rose. Yeah, um, on, a, on a lot of matches, she seemed very green. Um, she seemed very... I want to say brawny. Like, she wasn't a very technical wrestler. It was more of like a, well, a Braun Strowman's type thing. You know, she just yeah. run around and hit people, and that was kind of her repertoire. But in this match, she really did a great job of uh, selling on Riho's attacks, which is, you know, crazy. But uh, also a great job of getting the crowd into the match and getting them to hate her. So yeah. I, I'm interested to see how she holds the title, how long she holds the title. Does she uh, lose it on Revolution? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am glad they took it off of Riho. Okay. Kyle? Uh, I'm not necessarily glad they took it off of her or I think that she, I mean, she, she has had like a, you know, I guess she lives in Japan, so it's harder for them to get her over here constantly. Um, so if they needed to make that move, that's, that's fine. I totally understand. Um, uh, it, it's just gonna be interesting to see how Nyla does with the belt. Uh, I think this is her best match by far on AEW so far. Uh, but Riho's put on a lot of good matches with people, so can she carry this by herself? Uh, and how long will she carry it? Uh, we'll see. But, um, I mean, for the night and for this match, I think it you know ended up being the right call. Uh, I don't know if, like, just not knowing that going in that it, I would have made the same call, but um, I think it ended up being the right one. Okay. Okay. My next question was, did they put the title on the right person? And I think both of you kind of said yes. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think so. Like if they're going to do it this way, then I think it's a good you know way to do it. Cause obviously Nyla is the beast. She's kind of been running rush shot on a lot of the women like Shanna and um, she did attack Riho. So, I mean, she's, she's obviously an imposing force in the women's division. So she's a good, you know, character to hold the belt that, you know, people can chase after and um, she can dominate people, you know, until she gets that challenger who takes her out finally. Yeah. And whoever does end up taking her off, whatever baby face ends up taking the title off of her will be cemented as a powerful opponent. So I yeah, think we're going to be right. Okay, cool. Um, Jeff Cobb, 
Jeff Cobb debuted for AEW. For those of you that don't know who Jeff Cobb is, he's a pretty pretty big star in Ring of Honor, and he wrestles for multiple multiple um, independent promotions. He is not signed exclusively to AEW. Uh, some people seem to believe that this is a one-off, that he will be on the show next week, and that is it. Some people seem to believe that he will appear periodically on AEW. So my question to you, and Kyle, I'll let you answer this one first, is uh, WWE is notorious for bringing in big former stars temporarily, but AEW has seemed to kind of do it for, you know, I don't want to say no names, but to the casual fan, no names, right? So is it okay for AEW to bring in a big indie name, even if it's only for a couple shows or even a couple months? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, they've proven they know what they're doing. Uh, they they understand how to use characters. They're not going to go out and WWE would bring somebody in like a Goldberg or somebody, you know, come in and beat their champion for the belt at a show in Saudi Arabia. So uh, it's totally possible uh, for WWE to do something like that. But AEW, not so much. They are much better at bringing people in or knowing what to do with their characters to not bury them completely. So I think they'll cut, you know, they'll bring Cobb in. Obviously they, you know, there's, they're wide open with having him come back or, you know, even sign with the company. I feel like so whether it's short term or long term, I think they'll know how to use him well. Micah. Uh, I, I got two things. First of all, Cody said in his press conference today, again, that uh, Jeff Cobb is not signed to AEW. He's just scheduled for this appearance of next week. So that is official. He said that um, he's in talks with Jeff Cobb and would like to bring him in. But nothing is signed yet. He's still signed with Ring of Honor and New Japan, or still doing shows with Ring of Honor and New Japan, I should say. He's not signed with either one of them. Uh, second of all, I think that we gave AEW so much crap for the way they brought in the BBB that we should give them some praise here for the way that they brought in Jeff Cobb because this is exactly what they should have done to begin with. You know, it, it still got a surprise out of you because you didn't expect him there this week. And not only that, they gave him a little promo package. You knew who he was coming in. I don't know who he is, but I'm like, man, that guy looks cool. And the same thing would have happened with the Butcher and the Blade if they would have done something like this. But they learned from their mistake, and uh, they did a good job bringing him in. So I I was was glad of that. And uh, I I do like bringing in the one-off guys to challenge, you know, some of their bigger guys. Because obviously, John Moxley is going to win, right? Unless there's some interference with the inner circle. John right. Moxley's going to win. Nobody's going to beat him clean right now. So instead of him beating a guy that you've contracted on your roster, you've got him beating some guy that to you is kind of expendable. And he's not a jobber. He's he's established with another promotion. But it it, it allows you to, I don't know, it, it just changes things up from, from the normal. So I, I like the way they do that. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing more of that. And, uh, yeah, I just want them to keep doing what they're doing with the uh, indie guys coming in. Yeah, I actually agree with that, and I I like seeing indie guys like that, too. I also don't mind them bringing in veterans. You know, Raw has done that with MVP this last month or so, and I've really, really enjoyed MVP being on TV again. He's so good on the mic, and he's still a pretty decent wrestler. So I'm, I'm down with it. Yeah, and if the guys work out, then you've got new roster members. Yeah. So, Mike, I'll ask you this question first. We've seen... Kenny Omega and the Lucha Brothers wrestle for AAA. Uh, even the Young Bucks wrestle for AAA. Jericho and Moxley's wrestled in New Japan. I think MJF still wrestles for MLW. 
is it a good call or a bad call by AEW to let their established stars wrestle in other promotions? So I don't know. I don't know about letting your stars wrestle in other American promotions. And I don't even know if AEW allows that. Do they allow that? Do they allow like, uh, say if they wanted to go to CZW or something for a show for somebody contracted? I think if the contract states that they're allowed to, because they do have, um, some people do have contracts that state they can. Like MGF was allowed to finish up with MLW. I don't know if he's still on yeah. there, but he was allowed to finish up. And the uh, obviously, you know, Jericho and Moxley, the big stars, Omega, can still go to Japan and Mexico. I don't know if they can actually wrestle for other uh, companies in the States or not. Yeah, well, Moxley and, and Jericho can. Kenny can't get in Japan right now. Uh, or at least he couldn't at the last event. Uh, I, I don't I don't know. There, it's a it's a two edged sword. You know, you got on one hand, you are advertising to these indie fans that maybe wouldn't watch a televised promotion. You know, some local fans that maybe just happened to be at the local event because it was in town and they didn't have anything else to do. And now they'll say, "Hey, maybe I'll watch AEW Dynamite to see this guy." Um, you got you got stuff like that. If they were to, because I know like Chris Statlander had that. Uh, thing on January 1st of the other promotion. That's correct. And you've also got the side of, hey, AEW is a friend of the indies. WWE is the big corporate bad guy, and AEW is building this image as the friend of the little guy, the good guys, the nice guys. So that's that's good. But then you've also got, you know, what if, I don't know, let's say, let's say Chris Jericho goes to New Japan. What if he gets injured? And then you've got your top guy got injured and... It's not even in your kayfabe for your your company. Is is it worth it? I don't know. That, you've, that you've happened also, with Moxley. That's why Mox and Omega had to be put off. That is true. It it did, and you've also got to look at it as you know, if AEW was like WWE, would they have Moxley? Would they have Jericho? Perhaps the reason they get some of this talent is because they allow them a little bit more freedom. So. I would say in the long run, I think it's probably a good idea. It's making them look like the good guys. It's going to help them with getting talent. Um, and AEW doesn't really have a tough schedule like WWE does. You know, they wrestle once a week, um, you know, twice a week if they have a pay-per-view. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's a good idea. Kyle, do you agree? Uh, I mean, yeah, like, I, I, t- I totally agree with what Mike said. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Actually, that's a lie. I could totally say it better myself. But <laughs> you would say it better, but you would say it longer. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, so I'll spare you the time. Okay. <laughs> so let's uh, let, let's wrap up with AEW. I think this is one of the best shows that they've put on since they've been on television. Yeah, um, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, you said you might have given this an A+. Um, I don't know about that, just for the sheer fact that I think an A-plus show needs to have something insane happen. Where, uh, the Jeff Cobb thing, that was very surprising, and it was good. Um, and this was definitely better than last week's, which we gave an A. So yeah. if, if you were to grade this show, like what would you what would you have given it this week? Man, last week's show was, I said last week, one of the best we've seen. And this show was a little bit better. That was my thinking with the A-plus. Um, not yeah, only that, but... I didn't have any negatives this week. Last week I had a negative. Um, this this week there was nothing that I thought was bad. Everything was firing on all cylinders. Everything worked. They didn't have any audio issues. Um, I mean, there was nothing special. 
I mean, this next week's episode with the cage match with the battle royale, it may surprise us, but, but there was nothing wrong with this episode. And like, say you're grading a paper. If there's no mistakes, I say it gets an A plus. Okay. I mean, that's, that's a fair thing to say. I mean, I'm, I'm not against giving this an A plus. I just like to give an A plus, it's like a perfect 10. I think you need to be blown away with the show. And I like, I'm just saying, I'm agreeing with you and saying there was nothing wrong with the show. Every single segment, I'm like, this is fun. This is entertaining. Wow, has it already been 90 minutes? I can't believe the show is almost over. Can we get an extra hour? When in the world would we say that for Raw? We want to cut an hour from Raw. So, like, I understand what you're saying, but I would probably, I think I would give this one an A. Just for the sheer fact that, you know, it it has to be perfect for me to give an A+. And it was really, really, really good, but I'm not sure it was perfect. Kyle, do you want to grade AEW? Sure. Uh, I, I mean, I'm right out there with you guys. I thought this was a great episode. Um, and I, I mean, it's funny that, you know, Micah, you say that, you know, this is like an A-plus show for you, that, you know, you didn't see any negatives. Uh, and I mean, I agree with you, but it's just crazy because this show, like, it was a great show. But as far as like, you know, segments go, they didn't have like a big segment put together like they did with the Cody strapping the week before. Right. So this was just like a wrestling show. Like there wasn't anything. It wasn't like a cage match. It, it was just like a show. They had a title match. Uh, but I mean, two title matches. And a title yeah, game. exactly. So it's, but that was the biggest moments on the show and it was still right. great. So uh, speaking of which um, I, I'll go ahead and give my grade for the show. I'm going to give the show an A cause I mean, I pretty much grew with Micah. I don't want to give it A plus for that reason because it didn't have anything that was like huge, but there wasn't anything bad about the show, honestly. Uh, but so I, I want to save an A plus for something that just blows my socks off. Yeah. Uh, but still a show, nothing wrong with it. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and give my brass ring for the week. Woo. And it was on this show. Uh, she's been doing, you know, pretty well the last couple of weeks. But man, like she just blew the roof off the place this week. Britt Baker is getting my brass ring for the week because really? she is coming. She is coming to her own as a heel. Who would have and thought she'd get a brass ring a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, man. I mean, seriously. Hey, she's still not the best wrestler in the company, but she was so miscast as the babyface because babyface yeah. is really they have to be able to work well and carry a match and they just kind of, they, there's certain things I think a babyface needs to be successful. And I thought she was, she's, I'm sure she's a nice, you know, a nice lady. I'm sure that she, I mean, she'll get better in the ring, but I just don't think her skill is up to the level, but she could be a heel and get away with that. Like it, it's not her job to shine in a match. So, and not only that, I think she was just miscast as the babyface because this is such a natural fit for her. I feel like I don't think she's a bad person by any means, but she is the MJF of the women's division. Now, like the promo, she came out and cut the dynamic she has with Tony. She like <laughs> they, they just work so well together. And she just had this crowd, especially with the Whataburger line. She oh, just so good. She had this crowd just booing her out of the building. Like, I mean, she just, she's, she looked like a star. And now it won't be the same when she's actually in the ring wrestling, uh, you know, for a while, but I think she can come into her own as a character. So yeah, she is getting my brass ring, uh, out of all 
you know, the two companies because I thought she just like killed it with his promo this week. So I was literally before we moved on or before we were going to move on, I was going to say how good was Britt Baker? And I'm there with you, man. Like apparently Tony Khan gave her bullet points and Cody said, hey, mention something about Whataburger. And that was it. She came up with the rest of the stuff on her own. And it was just such a terrific promo. And I'm so glad to see AEW actually paying attention and going, you know what? We brought her in as a huge star and it's really not working. Why don't we flip the script and give her a shot as a heel? And boy, has it worked. I mean, she has just done such a great job these past few weeks. And she's so funny. She's leaning into the whole, did you guys know I was a dentist thing? Because everyone, you know, rags AEW for saying she's a dentist like three times an episode. Yeah. And then she, she went on uh, talking about, you know, like all these technical dental terms, uh, terminology. Right. But it was no just, one's going to understand. Yeah. and it, But it was great because she's a heel and she's supposed to do that. Yeah. I agree. 100%. No, she's fantastic. Yeah. I really would not have thought that she wrote her own promo there. I thought maybe Dustin had written for her, but uh, yeah, that was, that was really impressive promo and I'm, I'm glad to see her as a heel. Yeah. And Hey, t- Tony Schiavone deserves just as much of this ring as Brett does. Cause he, they just play off so well together. I mean, it's, right. it's similar to Tony and Jericho. Like it's the, he, Tony just has a good straight man dynamic, but it works so yeah. well with Brett because she's just a jerk to him. Did you like see his? Did you see his reaction when Britt took the mic from him? He just looks yeah. at his hands and he's like, "What do I do with my hands?" He's had classic <laughs> reactions for the last the last month. Great. He's had great reactions with her. I mean, they they play yeah. off so well together. They're they're a dynamic duo for sure. Tony Schiavone is a living legend and definitely the voice of our childhood. We love him to death. Oh yeah. So so we had probably the one of the best, if not the best, dynamites we've had so far. Uh, basically, one that was not marred with any errors. And then we have SmackDown. <laughs> let's, Yay. Talk about, let's, let's talk about SmackDown because, man, and, you know, we've been talking about how, how bad SmackDown's been and how good Raw has been. SmackDown wasn't very good, and it was better than it has been recently. And Raw was significantly worse than it has been recently. So let's talk about the WWE a bit. And let's talk about Bailey versus Carmella. So Bailey. One of your biggest stars in the women's division needs to cheat to defeat Carmella, not former WWE SmackDown Women's Champion Carmella. No, this no-nothing Carmella who has been 24-7 champion. Yeah, yeah. Palling around with R-Truth, done nothing since since the draft. And so she wrestled Bailey. She lost by Bailey cheating. So now Bailey looks dumb. And again, I'm being nitpicky, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys after the. I've got a lot of the same question I'm going to be asking you guys, and I'm going to tell you in just a sec. Uh, so Carmella loses by Bailey cheating, so Bailey looks dumb. Carmella says, hey, I, I, you know, I think I deserve a rematch. I'm not one to ask for anything, but I think I, reserve, I deserve a rematch. And so Naomi says, hey, I want to take out Bailey because she saved Carmella after the match. And so now, next week on SmackDown... We get Carmella versus Naomi with the winner to wrestle Bailey at, at Super Showdown. Now, it's great that, a, that there's a women's match at Super, Super Showdown, but that's not what this is about. This is about Carmella, who pinned Naomi clean last week in a fatal four-way match, then losing to a champion that cheated, now has to defeat Naomi again to get another shot. Now... The question that I'm going to be asking a lot during Raw and SmackDown is, 
Micah, is that bad booking or am I being too nitpicky? It was bad booking and I noticed it when I watched it. Another okay, thing, good. it's not like Bailey cheated to beat Carmella in like a three-minute match. This was like a 20-minute match. Yeah. This match went on forever. It did. And I'm watching it and I'm like, I don't care. I don't care about this match. <laughs> Bailey's gonna win. Just go ahead and pin her. And then she had to freaking cheat. The star of the SmackDown women's division. I don't know. I don't get it. The, when I, I, I said on, on the Royal Rumble episode, I, I really enjoyed Naomi's comeback. Uh, I think she's probably one of the best things in women's wrestling right now. I think she was the most over at the time. Um, now she's lost clean to Bailey, so I think that took away some of her shine. Um, she, I mean, she was great. She came in. She's obviously very talented in the ring. She has a great look. She has a great entrance. Push her to the moon. But no, they made her lose clean to Bailey. And then Carmella comes out. And it's just like you said. I'm not. I don't want to just restate everything you said. But and then after the match, I just. I don't know. I didn't like it. It was bad booking. I, w- I was looking at this show and I was like, man, it'd be nice if WWE had some long term booking. I mean, yeah. you can tell they're just doing it week to week. They don't know what's going on. No, no idea. No idea. So I have. I'm going to guess that they're building towards Naomi and Bailey at WrestleMania. That's just my guess, but I have no idea. Uh, so they are long-term booking. They're just really bad at it, at least in this situation. But if they're uh, long-term booking, why would they put Carmella and Naomi for a Because it's cut? bad long-term booking. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even so, long-term booking in my opinion, though. It's just like... No, no, it's not. It, it's, it's week-to-week booking, really. But I, I think they have a, you know, they have a match set, but they don't really care how they get there. I mean, I, guys, I wasn't on last week's show... Uh, cause I, I had to, uh, my shoulders were injured from having to carry the show the week prior to that. So, ah, uh, yeah. So, but you guys heard my wrath when it actually happened on SmackDown. I blew up our Facebook messaging group. This aggravated me so much because Naomi came back at the Royal Rumble, got a huge ovation, yeah. uh, came back on SmackDown, got a huge ovation, uh, stood up to Bailey after she, you know, beat Lacey Evans. She, you know, she put her in her place and then it, you know, it was a number one contenders match. And if they don't want to give her the number one contender spot right away, that's fine. Slowly build. I mean, Bailey was at ringside. She could cause Naomi to lose somehow. And somebody like Carmella gets the match and then Bailey beats her, you know, clean or something and gets away with defending her title. And she says, Oh, I'm not going to do it. You know, I defended my title for whatever period I need to, I don't need to defend it anytime soon. Make her a heel. Do that. But no, what do they do? They bring Naomi back. And just to swerve you, because everybody thought Naomi was going to win, they said, oh, we're just going to have Carmella super kick her out of nowhere, who wasn't even in the match but the majority right. of the time, and then just beats her clean. So now Carmella, who was doing nothing, is the number one contender. Naomi's dead. Nobody cares. And like you said, she comes out here. Uh, I will say that they had a moment of bliss segment before this, and I didn't want to mention this segment was horrible. Uh, I love Alexa Bliss, but her and Nikki Cross were doing this celebrity crush thing that just like miserably. My, bad. I was grinding my teeth. They were like trying to play off. Obviously, if you if you don't know or haven't heard, Alexa Bliss is dating Ryan Cabrera, who I'm not even sure who that is. If who you want to, yeah, he's a singer. And if you uh, if you look up douche in the dictionary, he's got his picture next to it. Uh, <laughs> or if you Google douche, he's probably got you know all the images. Kyle, I mean. 
<laughs> hey, she was better off with Buddy Murphy or Murphy. Uh, yeah. So he's not anybody's buddy anymore. Yeah. So, but the, I mean, the segment to start this was horrible. But even with the you know the the finish at the end, I really like this match. I. <laughs> It's the match wasn't bad. It was a little long. It was a little long, but the crowd was into it. The crowd really the crowd helped a lot at this show, honestly. Uh it's Carmella's best match by far. I think a lot of it was to do with Bailey. I think she helped Carmella out a lot. But Carmella was the shining baby face in this match. It it came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, in a in a vacuum, it was a good match, but you know, for what you know Carmella has been doing. It made no sense because she's been doing nothing up until this point. Uh, and then she just comes out and takes it to Bailey. Uh, but as far as like a match by itself, I really liked it. I thought, you know, they did a great job for what they had to do. Uh, it, it did go on a little long, but it's Carmella. She she had a long match that wasn't entirely boring. So that's a miracle in and of itself. Um, you're right. She she did get rolled up at the end. I thought it was fine, the, you know, the finish for what it was. Bailey obviously had to win. But it was pretty dumb afterwards that Naomi ran out and was trying to say she deserved a match. Like Carmella maybe could say she deserves one because Bailey had to cheat to win. But right, and, and she did win a match last week against you know three other women. So if anybody has claim to a rematch, Carmella's at the top of the list. It's definitely not Naomi since she got beat clean in the middle of the ring uh, last week. So right. she has no say, you know, for in anything. So. Uh, yeah, they're going to do a number, a number one contenders match. Fine. But it's it's stupid. It's not good long-term booking. So whatever. 100% agree. So Seamus, a heel, wrestled in a handicap match this week. Against but is he a heel? Yeah, he's a heel. I don't Sheamus know after this heel. match. <laughs> I know. He wrestled two faces that attacked him before the match started. Two of them. Attacked him before the match started. Apollo Crews and Shorty G attack Sheamus. The good guys attack the bad guy two on one before the match starts. Here, so here's what I'm thinking, and I'll be quick with this because this doesn't deserve time because this didn't take any time. Wait, wait, wait. I, got a, I got a question for you before we uh, before we do it. All right. The question is, is that bad booking or am I too nitpicky? Now you can talk. So I think they are at legitimately trying to turn Sheamus babyface. Okay. I think it's dumb that they brought him in to be the bully. It's it's similar, to, I think, to Drew McIntyre in the sense that he was just a kind of a heel and then he started winning and the fans were getting behind him a little bit. And then they decided, hey, let's ride this guy, you know, put the rocket to, you know, strap the rocket to him. I don't know if they're doing that with Sheamus totally, but I think they're doing something similar in a sense that he was booked to be the complete babyface in this match because he got attacked from behind. It was a handicap match. He beat the snot out of these two geeks. And then at, at the end of it, the fans are chanting, bro, 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 when he hits the kick. Yeah. And then after the match, he gets up on the top turnbuckle and does his fella thing. And the camera like zooms out to get the crowd cheering along with him. I think they booked him to be the babyface here. It makes no sense. It's, it's baffling that he is a babyface at all, considering his attitude towards Shorty G the last couple of weeks. But I think they just changed their mind and said, "Hey, let's do him as a babyface and let him kill these two dweebs." 
So you you think they're actually turning him instead of just not knowing how to? I think they did a triple turn in this match. (laughs) (laughs) Micah, what do you think? So I will say, in order for something to be booking in my mind, it should be part of an overarching story. This match has no story for me. It has my (laughs) complete apathy. This is not bad booking. This just isn't important to me. I don't care. That's what this match is to me. Okay. Well, yeah, Samus and Shorty G have had, you know, a, a little bit of run-in, but... Eh. Yeah, they faced each other out of their last three matches, right? Two or three matches? Yeah. Three matches. Three matches has been Seamus and Shorty G. I didn't care then. I don't care now. I liked Seamus before. I don't care about him at the moment. I don't care about Shorty G. I don't care about the other guy. I don't even know his name. Apollo Cruz. This wasted my time. <laughs> All right. So, I do want to say... That if Sami Zayn and Cesaro had their own sitcom, I would be glued to my television. I would binge watch the crap out of whatever they're on. Because this segment where Sami Zayn is playing a ukulele and Cesaro is playing a cowbell is one of the most entertaining segments I've seen on WWE in a long time. I loved everything about it. And then when Cesaro was getting super into the cowbell, they were chanting more cowbell. And then so he pretends like he's going to play it. The crowd is about to go wild. And he throws it out of the ring. They're just so good. This segment was so good. And I hated Elias. I thought he was the biggest heel in the world when he came out and interrupted them. And and I didn't think I was going to get to hear Sammy's song. I loved everything about this segment. Kyle, did you you like this one? I think it went on a little too long. And I also think the crowd helped it out tremendously. Oh, yeah. They were super into this. But... I mean, it made it that much greater. And Zayn and uh, Cesaro together were, they were fantastic. Cesaro just being the mute with a cowbell. And then uh, Sami Zayn calling for less cowbell. Uh, I thought Elias did, you know, good in his role as well. He, you know, he came off pretty likable. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the segment a lot. Yeah, I thought the segment was good, actually. Um I'm glad that I enjoyed somebody on a stage with an instrument on WWE TV because I hate Elias. And Sammy was definitely learning on the fly. Like, he he definitely didn't have a song. I think he found a backstage and he was like, I got an idea. We're going to go counter-protest this idiot. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. I really liked the segment. I do agree it was a little long. Um, uh, whenever Elias came out, I fast-forwarded because I don't care about him. So, yeah. But the rest of it was just, it was so good. Sami Zayn and Cesaro were great. They were terrific. So let's talk about something that's not terrific. Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin is still a thing, guys. It's still a thing. Uh, It blows my mind. Do you remember, Kyle? I think this was two weeks ago now. Who did you say it was? Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin. Uh, No, it's King Corbin. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. Because Michael Cole mistakenly called him Baron Corbin and he had to quickly correct himself on the show. And I was like, are you kidding me? He was afraid that Vince would give him 10 lashes in the backstage. 100%. So I think it was two weeks ago, Kyle, and you, you correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe it was a week ago where after Royal Rumble, I'm like, this is over. And then they had the six man tag where they poured the dog food on Baron Corbin, King Corbin, excuse me. Don't want 10 lashes from Vince McMahon. And I said, I can't believe they're continuing this. And you're like, it's okay. They're ending it now. Don't you see? The bad guy has got his comeuppance. The three heroes 
have got their revenge. They have poured the dog food on the bad guy, which is what he did to the main hero. Now, the three heroes stand tall, and this storyline is over. But little did you know, Kyle, little did you know, there's a little show called Super Showdown coming up, and that is a glorified house show that sells out as much as WrestleMania, and they need something for the show. So why not continue this three-month-long feud? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the dog food thing should have been the blow-off. Uh, if they, I mean, the reason they're doing it, too, is stupid. Because Reigns, his only excuse was, basically, you won't be able to run and your buddies won't be able to interfere. And I was like, well, first of all, your buddies have been interfering, too, dude. I know, first. They always interfere first. Yeah, and also, like, you killed his buddies in the last match. You killed him and dumped dog food on the one guy. So, yes, leading this match, it makes no sense. It's just having, it's just to have a cage match for Super Showdown. Fine. It's, it's going to happen. I'm not going to watch it. So, I really don't care. Let him do it. And they said this will be the last match because he wants one more match. So, I'm crossing my fingers. This is the last match, and they move on because obviously Roman Reigns has got bigger and better things to do. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is the last match. I don't care. I'm not going to watch it. Micah? Yeah, they've got to put it off long enough for Goldberg to beat The Fiend and then build for Roman and Goldberg for WrestleMania. Don't don't, don't you dare. How it's going to happen. You? Get ready. Uh, now I feel like we need to do a survive or, or a uh, super showdown preview just so we can have that debate because oh my gosh. Either way, that match is going to suck. So it's yeah. I'm going to watch Super Showdown. I'm going to watch that match. So I'm going to avoid spoilers. I'm going to come home. I'm going to watch that match. I could care less about the rest of the show, but I will watch that one. I will. Um, I will watch it the next day on completely legal methods, but also not giving WWE any money because I'm not supporting <laughs> that show. <laughs> But don't worry, um, FBI, it's not illegal. Not illegal. Arr. Um, The Fiend, to me, won the night. I marked out harder than I have in a long, 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 long time. When I heard the words, the following has been paid for by the Firefly Funhouse. The NWO music starts. It was in black and white. Bray Wyatt comes out playing the belt like a guitar. And I know we could talk about the whole thing about Hulk Hogan, but who cares about Hulk Hogan? It was just him putting over the match. But just that one little spot made me mark harder than I have in a long, long time. So you guys were there for the NWO. Tell me, and Micah, I'll let you go first. Like, did, did this pop you at all? Yeah, this is actually the first Firefly Funhouse show that I've liked in a while. Um, I, lately, they've been a little repetitive and a little unimportant to me. But when he came out and he's playing air guitar on the belt, he's got the NWO theme going. Yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed this segment. Um, it was good to see. It almost seemed like they kind of gave the reins back to Bray Wyatt to kind of do what he wanted. Um, I really liked it. thought it was a good segment. And, uh, yeah, I hope that we see more of Bray taking over on the Firefly Funhouse segments because lately they just kind of seemed like, I don't know, just a regular WWE segment. But maybe that's just me. Kyle? I mean, I, I enjoyed the segment. I, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I, it. I didn't think it was blow away. I mean, it was good, but Hulk Hogan definitely was not uh, amused 
by uh, Mr. Bray Wyatt. He was uh, he was not game to play uh, w- with the fiend. He he, uh, he was just like warning him about Goldberg and kept talking about how special, how strong it was. They're going to get a strong in- brother. He's a strong. Yeah. I, what does that even mean? Did that mean knows. something back in the eighties when he was important? <laughs> hey, uh, I mean, there, there's much worse words that he could use to describe it. Uh, he, uh, it was fine. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I mean, yeah, it, I obviously I kind of agree with Matt. Like the the intro to it was pretty cool, but the rest of the thing itself, it wasn't my favorite Fire Firefly Funhouse, but it was fine. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah. I, I totally popped the beginning. Like I thought it was the greatest thing in the history of things. Like I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Um, so we got one more thing to talk about on SmackDown, and before I do that, I'm gonna tell you guys a quick story. So I asked my beautiful wife, "What would you like to do for Valentine's Day?" And she said, "I want to watch Otis and Manny go on a date." So, for Valentine's Day, B-Dubs and I stayed home and watched SmackDown Live. And boy, were we disappointed when Otis did not get that date. So, Kyle, I'm going to let you start. I'm just going to give a quick recap of what happened. What I expected to happen was there to be an opening. I expected there to be an opening segment on SmackDown. Otis getting ready. And I expected there to be three or four little comedy segments throughout the show, like old school Raw. I had high hopes for this. But what happened was Otis getting ready and Tucky coming up and Otis is like, oh, she's going to be late. Yeah. Otis is like, oh, she's going to be late. Okay, no problem. And then Mandy shows up at the restaurant and she waits for like an hour. I'm like, how is she going to be late? And then Otis is still not going to show up. And then toward the end of the episode of SmackDown, Otis is finally there. And then Dolph Ziggler shows up. He's sitting with Mandy. They're talking. Otis sees it, drops his flowers, turns around and walks away. Now, we are supposed to feel bad for Otis. And I love Otis. And I do feel bad to, uh, for Otis. But if he was a real person and he made this woman, who's clearly way out of his league, wait for an entire hour, even when she told him that she was going to be a little late, why in the world... Would she, would he would we feel bad for him when she's sitting with someone else because she got tired of waiting? So again, I'm going to ask: Is that bad booking, or am I being too nitpicky, Kyle? So I actually heard about this before I actually saw it. So I, I just heard like complaints about it, but I, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to wait until I watch it for myself." And I actually went before I sat and watched because I had to, you know commit myself to watching the whole, the whole show a couple days later, but I actually went and watched the segments uh, on the internets and I actually saw the, I, I kind of just saw it condensed. So I watched it and I was like, it's, I thought it was fine. But then when I went and watched the whole show, I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> they not only have they built up this date for the last two weeks, they built it up the entire show and they did a good job of it. Like they, they showed the little segments, like you said, of Otis combing his hair. And I mean, he was fantastic. And he, every segment he was in like his cell phone going off and him, like looking up in the air, like, and just talking about, you know, talking about the emojis he's sending Mandy and Tucker right. comes up and he's like every part about it. I loved it. And it keeps building through the show. And you did say 
Mandy got there, you know, like an hour early and, it, you know, Otis took his sweet time getting there. Uh, but that stuff didn't bother me as much. But I do agree that after all this build for two weeks and then the build over this entire show, for it to at least end so quickly, it was kind of a letdown. Yeah. Actually, it was letdown. it was a major letdown. I agree. Uh, I What they chose to do of like having the Dolph Ziggler thing. Like a lot of people are saying Otis is a geek because like you said, he made Mandy wait for like an hour. But also people are saying, why did he come in and just drop the roses like a geek and walk away and not just go kill Dolph Ziggler for ruining his date with Mandy or whatever. I actually had sympathy for Otis because Otis, he's a kind soul. So I can get away like him being sad and just wanting to leave, I could I, I could relate to that. I'm like, okay, I understand it. He, he's, you know, kind soul. And people were saying like, you know, Dolph is a jerk. Why didn't he go beat him up? But you got to look at it from Otis's perspective. He doesn't care about Dolph. He'd care less about Dolph. Dolph Ziggler like stomped his cake and all that. And he's a jerk. But he's, you know, he's beaten him up before. Like he, it's fine, whatever. He doesn't care about Dolph. He cares about Mandy. And what he came in and saw was Mandy. He asked for this date. He thought he might have a shot with her. He just wants to finally get his chance with Mandy Rose. And he comes in and the, the fact that she let him sit down Dolph Ziggler at the table and even talk to her broke his heart. And all he could do was drop the roses and leave. So, and that's what I got from it. So I, I did feel a little sorry for him. I agree. He did wait a long time to go. And not only that, I almost, even though I had sympathy for him, gave him the future endeavor for the week for the simple fact that he wore a jacket with the sleeves cut off and and like a nice vest, but then wore jeans and sneakers to the restaurant on a date with Mandy Rose. Yeah. (laughs) I almost gave it to him just for that because... It's like, dude, really jeans and like New Balance shoes, like dad shoes he's wearing. <laughs> I mean, it's Otis, but I was like, I mean, you combed your hair, you'd put on the vest, just wear khakis or something. Like even if they're, or cut off like tuxedo pants, like do something like not jeans and dad shoes, but whatever. Uh, but I totally get what people are saying about it taking so much time out of the show, being built up for two weeks and for it to, I mean, for what they did, they rushed through it at the end. It, like he walks in, he sees Dolph, he drops the roses and just leaves. It definitely like put a damper on it. Uh, I still want to see what happens next. I still think it's the best thing that's going on SmackDown by far. So only thing, yeah. So I'm fine with it, but I can understand why people are upset with it. Micah, so I read about this before I saw it. Uh, like Kyle said. I took the whole Mandy being late thing very differently. Here's what I thought they were trying to get at. I may be completely wrong. I may be looking too much into WWE's booking. I thought, so Otis gets a text. Now, this is this is what I thought before I watched the show. The show did not do a good job of explaining my theory, if it my theory is correct. I thought he gets a text from Mandy saying, hey, I'm going to be an hour late. So he takes some more time. He shows up. 
and she's already been there for an hour. What's what's going on here? Oh, she he sees that she's there with Dolph Ziggler. It just so happens to be there. What if Dolph Ziggler got Mandy Rose's phone somehow, text Otis, says, hey, I'm going to be an hour late, so Otis will be late and see him there with Mandy Rose? Because why was Dolph Ziggler at that restaurant? Why wasn't he at SmackDown? I don't know. I'm not I'm not the booker. That's how I would have booked this segment if that's the way they wanted to go with it. That's the way I took it. And if that's the case, okay. Still, it was a very disappointing segment for something a lot of people were looking forward to. Um, so I, I actually have a question for you, Matt. Okay. The two most important uh, characters on SmackDown, you got The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and you got Otis. That's that's the two most important people on SmackDown, in my opinion. Okay. All right. What's more disappointing, Hell in a Cell or Otis and Mandy's date? Oh, Hell in a Cell. But Otis and Mandy's date was pretty bad, especially considering it was Valentine's Day. And I was wanting to watch it with my beautiful wife. Yeah. I will yeah, say as way. well, uh, it was Valentine's Day, and my girlfriend and I stayed home because uh, she had Saturday off of work. So we were like, oh, we'll just do something on Saturday because it's you know we do want to do the crowd. So... She was walking, you know, in there. We just finished dinner. We cooked dinner and everything. And I and I asked her, hey, do you want to watch SmackDown? And she looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, <laughs> it's Otis and Manny's date tonight on Valentine's Day. And so we watched Lock and Key instead. <laughs> so uh, now the same story. Smart. <laughs> Smart idea. Oh, gosh. Let's let's get out of SmackDown. Let's, let's move on. Well, move on one second. One second, Matt. Okay, go ahead. I got to say. So... It's future endeavor time. Okay. <laughs> I have a question for you and Micah. Did you hear about the match they filmed for main event this week? I did not. What's main event? <laughs> well, there you <laughs> go. So <laughs> they had a main event match that they filmed, I guess, on Raw. That was Kurt Hawkins and uh, Zack Ryder versus Shelton Benjamin and some other jobber. I forget who it was. Anyway, okay. some uh, other jobber, <laughs> some other jobber, some it other main of some other main event. Uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder won, basically. But I say this because Shelton Benjamin also this week was on the latest episode of Lillian Garcia's Chase and Glory podcast. Okay, he was on the podcast, and he vented his frustrations with the company. And I'm going to read verbatim what he said. It's, it's a quote from Mr. Shelton Benjamin. I always like to put my best foot forward. I like to be in the mix. I like to be producing. I like to inspire people. And lately, I haven't been doing much as far as on air with WWE. And for me, it's frustrating. So when you contact me, you want to do an interview, my first thought was like, I don't even know what I would talk about because right now I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything that's fulfilling to me. I'm here week every week. I'm ready to go. For me, it's like when I watch the shows like this, I mean, the show is called Chasing Glory. People are chasing something. Right now, I don't feel like I'm even in the hunt. Not that I don't want to be, but I'm not. It frustrates me on a very personal level. Also, I grabbed this quote from the article that touted that Shelton Benjamin has just signed a new multi-year deal with WWE. <laughs> I saw that. Not only that, he was on Lillian's podcast, and right before he said the quote that I just read, he said, yeah, I just resigned for another multi-year deal with WWE, so I'm going to be here for a little while. Okay. 
What? It's not like he had any other <laughs> options right now. I mean, WWE is the only company out there doing anything. That's correct. I mean, if only there was another national company in the United States, or perhaps even a couple big companies in other countries that would perhaps like a veteran presence that's very talented in the ring. Yeah, he, he only had one option. Is he under concussion protocol? I'm not aware of or something. Like, what uh, is he I thinking? Yeah. He, uh, He's thinking, it, oh man, big paycheck. He was in the Royal Rumble, so they did something with him, you know. He got, to say, hey, he got to say hey to Paul Heyman. Yeah. Sean Benjamin, best of luck in your future endeavors, you loser. <laughs> Enjoy that money, I guess. That's all I could say. Uh, he's a loser who's probably making $500,000 a year to basically do nothing. I mean, it, so. if he wants to do what's best for his family, that's fine. But, I mean, don't don't sign the multi-year deal and then go on to complain about how they're not using you and not doing anything with you. Right. That's Mike Kanellis' job. Uh, WWE Raw. WWE has been announcing. No holds barred. Matt Hardy versus Randy Orton. So excited, man. I'm like, how can Matt Hardy have this match, though? That's poor booking because he just had a concerto. Well, not necessarily poor booking, but it's poor advertising. Because once again, the WWE has said that they're going to give a match to us that we don't get. And I feel like they do this at least once a week now. It's getting really, really old. Is that bad booking? Or am I too nitpicky, Micah? I think Vince McMahon is trying to bury Matt Hardy so that way when he goes to another company, which he's going to do, he'll be less viable as a main eventer. That's what I think he's doing. It's and, too late uh, for someone with an established name like that, though. Yeah, but you're not Vince McMahon, and, and Vince McMahon, you know, doesn't always think right uh, the best. You know, he's he's getting up there in age. But no, I, I it's it's bad booking. Yeah, it's bad booking because last week it's week to week booking, just like we said earlier. Last week was Matt Hardy's write off. He was done. He said goodbye afterwards. And then Vince McMahon was like, you know what? No, I've still got a couple more weeks on his contract. I'm going to I'm gonna throw him out there on a match with, with Randy Orton. Like, oh, no, no, we can't do that. You know, he's he's injured now. He's, he's supposedly dead. How are we going to do this? Well, we'll say he's going to have a match and get some viewers. And then uh, then you don't. And then he dies some more. I, I don't know. I don't get it. It's bad booking. You agree, Kyle? So this whole segment was bad on multiple levels because, like you said, Matt, they advertised this, you know, way in advance, which WWE hasn't been known in recent history to do this, but they've been doing a better job of it lately. So they advertised this match the, the week prior that Matt Hardy, after even suffering a concerto, was going to have try to get his revenge in this, you know, no, was it no holds barred match or falls kind of anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people were scratching their heads because obviously – Edge had suffered the same fate at the hands of Randy Orton and he was still out of action, you know, hanging on by a thread, you know, life hanging on by a thread, supposedly, you know, recovering at home, you know, possibly re-injuring his neck. Uh, So for that, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, Edge had a bad neck. So maybe that, you know, maybe Matt Hardy can come back from a concerto and be okay. Maybe he was like unscathed, but Edge, you know, he had an injury to his neck is excusable. I could get by by that. But no, Matt Hardy shows up on Raw in a neck brace. Clearly not. Actually, they could flat out say he's not clear to compete. So why did the match get booked? If, if we're, if we're going to believe this is real, if we're going to, you know, kayfabe this, why is the match booked? Correct. Are they trying to kill this man? <laughs> not only that. So obviously 
Randy Orton proceeds to kill Matt Hardy. He beats him up, up and down the ring, hits him with the concerto on the steel steps twice. Kids are crying in the crowd. Parents are having to console their children because they've seen a man murdered on live TV. <laughs> Nobody. Who who did Matt Hardy piss off? Yeah. Nobody. Yes. Nobody came out to help this man. Yep. Referees came out, but even they didn't do anything. They just sat there and told Randy, hey, Randy, don't do this. You don't want to do this. You don't want to murder this man on TV. But nobody <laughs> in the main event even. We had, spoiler alert, we had people run out to save the baby faces. A whole team of people come out to save the baby faces. Nobody came out to help this older wrestler with an injured neck who was getting murdered on TV to the point where kids are crying at the sight of it. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance? So it's been reported that um, Jeff Hardy has entered the performance center again. Do you think there's a chance that they're doing this with Matt Hardy to per chance build towards a return of Jeff Hardy against Randy Orton? Maybe. It's it possible. entirely possible. And then he'll wrestle Jeff at Elimination Chamber or Fast Lane or whatever the crap they're going to call it this year. And uh, then he'll wrestle Edge at Mania. It's very likely. Yeah, yeah that's that would end. That'd be a good match. So, Yeah. So Aleister Black defeated Eric Rowan clean. Eric Rowan didn't even get a full entrance. Great for Aleister Black. Huge fan. Very bad for Eric Rowan. Uh, and it's not like Aleister Black destroyed him and Eric Rowan was jobbed out. It was a decently long match. But... My question is to you, Kyle, have they given up on Rowan? Uh, I mean, who knows? <laughs> There's yeah. no tell. Like, he, he's a body. I mean, it's Paul Heyman, so I don't, I don't know what he's planning, but I don't know if the, the – I mean, he had the cage out there, so that, that thing's still going on. Yeah. Is there anything actually in that cage? I, I don't know. I'm surprised he didn't, like, try to put it on Aleister Black's foot or something because yeah. that obviously would have helped him win the match. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's it's Eric Rowan. I mean he he did some pretty good stuff on SmackDown before he came over to Raw. So I think his career his career is just taking a downturn. I don't know. I don't think they know what to do with him. Maybe it's Heyman not knowing what to do with him. But he was just a uh, sacrificial lamb here for Aleister Black. So yeah, basically, yeah. it's yeah. it's weird. You've got two guys they've thrown into jobber matches for so long, and then they throw them together. And it, I mean it was it was. It was a decent match, but I mean, you kind of jobbed Eric to to Aleister Black. I don't know what was what was the point of all those jobber matches now for Eric Rowan. I don't know. It didn't exactly build him up because he can't beat anyone on the actual roster. Yeah, I, I don't get it. It was to get over the cage. <laughs> yeah, everyone really wants to know what's in that. You cage. know, Nobody they're gonna cares. drop. They're gonna drop the cage without even explaining it. One hundred percent. Matter of fact, if I could put money on it, like if it was a gambling site. It's like never revealed. I would one thousand percent put money on it right now. You have no odds on that bet. <laughs> there is no way there's anything in that stupid cage. No way. They drop this in the next month. One hundred percent. Maybe it was Shayna Baszler. <laughs> she has. She did bite. She did bite Becky. So you're right. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Shelton Benjamin's stare is inside that cage. <laughs> I, that I wanted to know what it was. It bothered me they didn't talk about it. Um. So, if you, anyone watched TakeOver, which is really good, by the way, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley has is now official. But I'm not going to talk about that. What I want to talk about is Adam Cole. So, Rhea Ripley is going to be defending the NXT Women's title at WrestleMania. 
Is Adam Cole going to be defending his title at WrestleMania? Kyle? Uh, no, I think he's just going to do it on TakeOver the night bef- before WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I haven't really been on here to talk about it that much, but I'm actually really disappointed that they're doing this Rhea and Charlotte thing because, I mean, I've said it for a while, and I, and I won't you know go into it on a tangent about it, but I still think EXT is just developmental. They're, they're like halfway trying to make it developmental, halfway trying to do it as a real brand. Like it's to me, like Charlotte going down to win the NXT belt and beat Rhea is like, like the Browns going back to the NCAA or like Baker Mayfield going to like a NCAA team back to Oklahoma for a year to win the college national title. Like it's a step down. Like you're past that now. Who cares? Like Rio Rio should want to come challenge you if you're the queen. Like I just I'm not on board with any of it. I think it's stupid. I think they're just doing it just to have the match. I mean the match will be good. It's not that I'm worried about. But if they want to have the match, bring up Rhea. How about reward her by giving her main event roster money, put her in like a women's title match or something. Like give her you know the opportunity. Don't just make Charlotte go down there to try and boost them up. So I, I don't know. I don't like it. I will say, given the opportunity, I think Baker Mayfield would probably go back to Oklahoma. So, yeah, yeah, he's making all that commercial money. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, I actually, I I like this feud. Um, I I just didn't want to see Charlotte and Becky. Or Charlotte I don't mean Bailey's the feud. Going. It's just the way I, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why is Charlotte? Like, why, why does Charlotte care? Why does she I want? What you're talking about. I get that they're like she's never beaten Rhea and she's never actually won the NXT Women's Title. I don't think she did. Did she? Uh, I think Charlotte did. Yeah, Charlotte won the women's title, the NXT women's title. Yeah, she has before. Okay, Charlotte. Well, cares. Then why is? Yeah, well, that's even yeah. worse. Like what? I'll look it up right now just to be safe. But I'm almost. I know positive. she beat Natalia in like a good match, but I don't think it was for the belt. I think Paige was the first champion, and I'm pretty sure she, she mentioned that she she'd won it before. She probably uh, did win it, but it's it's been a while. But I'll, I'll say this: the that makes it even worse, though. Like it doesn't make it any better. Like why the reason that Charlotte care? cares is because NXT has lost AEW for like nine weeks in a row now. Exactly. And Vince is trying to do and that's something. that's a horrible reason to do it. It is, but... <laughs> Charlotte was the second champion. Okay. Yeah. It, that's the reason they're doing it. They're trying to elevate NXT. It's no longer their, uh, their coming up brand. It's the third brand, just like Charlotte said in her promo. Because they have to compete with AEW. If AEW wasn't there, NXT probably wouldn't even be on TV right now. That's correct. So that's that's what they're doing. It's not a good reason, I don't think, to do it. Um, but you got to look from Vince's point of view, which they've lost. I mean, AEW got what the four year deal. They've they've lost at this point. Um, so they may as well go back to being the the up and coming brand. Which and a lot of people say it's the best brand to watch of WWE. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, not that any of them are great in my opinion, but uh, it, it, it's obviously got some very talented wrestlers, but they're just trying to elevate it with, with Charlotte and, and get NXT in the WrestleMania season so that they can include it on all their promos and all this. They're going to have an NXT champion there so that hopefully to garner more views leading up to WrestleMania. That's all it, that's all it is, is a view grab. Okay. And Charlotte's going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. Uh, so, Micah Adam Cole, is he going to wrestle at WrestleMania? 
I don't think so. If they are having a takeover before, I think he'll have to be main eventing that. Um, if they are, are they, have that, has that been decided? I don't know. They definitely are. Yeah, one hundred percent. This announced okay. at uh, at the most recent takeover this last week. Yeah, there's there's no way that he will. Okay. In in that situation. Uh, triple threat match, twenty four seven title. It was stupid. It was dumb. It was three minutes long. There were no goobers chasing him after the match. Technically, they still could have pinned Riddick Moss, but he just ran away and no one cared. Is the WWE done with the 24-7 title, Micah? Uh, they didn't even put it on Hulu, so, yeah. <laughs> they put, like, seven recaps to Matt Hardy and Randy Orton on the hour and 30-minute cut, but they cut this entire match because I didn't even get to see it. And I had to fast-forward, like, 15 minutes of recap on Matt Hardy and Randy Orton's whole <laughs> well, thing. It didn't even get a – like, nobody got an entrance or – they didn't really get like an entrance on the live show and nobody even knew like a match wasn't even announced. So nobody even knew what was going on in the live crowd. The 24 seven title is such a good idea. In my opinion, it could be handled so well. It should be handled through promo packages, not matches. Um, it could be, it could be so good. They haven't handled it. Well, I still like my idea of our truth being defended by Brock Lesnar. I think they should roll with that. Um, they're not going to, Obviously, but yeah, it's. I, th- I think they are either done with it or they just don't know what to do with it or don't care at this point. Maybe they're just trying to coast until after WrestleMania. I don't know. I think it's going to be dropped pretty soon. They're not really, they haven't done anything with it in a while. Um, Becky Lynch came out. She threw a bunch of money on the ground. She said that this is her prepayment for the fine she's going to get for what she does to Baszler. Baszler showed up. So she's going to kick the, the shiz out of Becky. Um, and then that's that's I, close to that's the censored version of what she said. Okay, I and, thought she, uh, she actually dropped the S bomb though, right? She did, one hundred percent. Yeah, is that still PG technically? Uh, it is you can say it like one swear word. Yeah, you can. I think you can, you can get off with one major swear word in a PG really? show. Yeah, man, this country's moral compass has really went down. <laughs> <laughs> so. Becky's, I'm sorry, Shayna says, hey, I'm going to enter the Elimination Chamber and I'm going to wrestle at WrestleMania. And Becky, who was like all angry and she's like, like hard and I'm like, I'm going to take out Shayna. She's like, cool, I'm rooting for you. I'm like, all right. I thought this segment was dumb. Um, do you agree, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't really do anything for me. So, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. Like, it, it was fine. I, I just wish they would have let Shayna win the Royal Rumble. Like, like yeah. I said, this, the whole... Really, all the women's title pictures that they have going on right now, like I'm not happy with any of them. Like the Naomi thing with Carmella and Bailey is stupid. Um, Charlotte winning the Royal Rumble and then going to challenge the NXT champion is stupid. Yeah. Uh, and Shayna should have won the Royal Rumble. I think they they had Charlotte win just because they didn't want to make it obvious. Yeah. When it Shayna, she should have won. She should have had momentum, and she should be like. Just going after Bailey. I think just the whole her coming on TV and biting her her neck jugular on like the back of her neck apparently because she had a gallon of blood coming out of her mouth from a bite. Yeah, that's that's what's going to start this feud. So yeah, I'm not happy with any women's title picture they have going on right now. Also, they as they said in the show, uh, they talked about uh, the women's elimination chamber. And I saw a graphic for today with Asuka front and center with a belt around her shoulder. And I was like, you know what? That looks appropriate. And then I remembered it's the uh, women's tag belt. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah, that they exist. Yep. So every title situation in the women's division sucks. So 
yeah, that's how I feel about it. So speaking of – actually, Micah, I'm sorry. I'll let you answer here. I didn't mean to skip you. Uh, I agree with Kyle. I think Shayna should have won the Rumble, and uh, I'm still confused. Is she part of Raw now? I don't know because she had NXT next to her name this week um, on her, her little video package thing. I, I, I don't know. I don't like I don't like it. I feel like they've already ruined Shayna. I don't want to say ruined, but they, they definitely have made some mistakes already, which is disappointing. Um, speaking of the Elimination Chamber, our six participants are Shayna Baszler, Asuka, Natalia, and the three former members of the Riot Squad, Sarah Logan, Ruby Riot, and Liv Morgan. Worst Elimination Chamber ever, Micah? I, I don't know about ever, but uh, I'm not excited for it. No. Oh. So... It's, uh, it also has the most obvious outcome. Here's what should happen. And Kyle, I'll let you answer if you think it's going to be the worst and if you agree with me. I think that the Riot Squad should start as the first three. They should kind of fight because they would have that moment of the three of them in the ring at the same time. You have Shanna come out after that, destroy all three of them in seconds, and wait for Natalia. Natalia comes out, Shanna beats Natalia in two minutes and waits for Asuka. Shanna and Asuka have a competitive match six to ten minutes, and then Shayna defeats Asuka, and then Shayna looks like a monster that way. That's how I would book it if it were me. Kyle, worst Elimination Chamber match ever, and am I crazy with my booking? I mean, we'll have to see the match. It's It could be really fun. You never know. And, I mean, it's got Asuka, it's got Shayna, it's got Ruby Riot. I mean, it's, they got good workers in there. I don't know why Sarah Logan's in this match. She's just... <laughs> It's it's because like Sarah Logan, but she's being booked as a nobody. Exactly. So I, I mean, it could be interesting with the Riot Squad, you know, angle. But who knows? I would not be surprised if Sarah Logan was out before they even had because it looks like she's just like live in Ruby Riot now. Like they haven't even acknowledged Sarah's even part of it. So yeah, I think I, I don't think it's going to be the worst. I think they could they could make one change and they could have made this really interesting. I think that would have been changing Sarah Logan for Kyrie Zane. And then yeah. it wouldn't have been so obvious because you could have had Asuka and Kyrie Zane come out. They could wait for the next come uh, next with competitor, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, they could have you know teamed up. And then you could have had uh, Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. You know, even though they've had issues, you could have them fighting together against Kyrie and Asuka. And then maybe one of them gets eliminated. Then Shayna comes in. She's got two teams in there. That would have been a lot more interesting, but they didn't do that because Kyrie Zane is just a uh, Robin to Asuka's Batman, and that she should not be so because Kyrie yeah, Zane is amazing. She is, and she beat Natalia by count out this week. What? Just uh, I don't even. I don't even. Yeah, um, Kyle Rusev lost again. Thoughts? Uh, it's Rusev Day. <laughs> some of my thoughts. I mean, I just, who did, I don't who did he it. lose to? I didn't even see this. Angel Garza. What? Yeah. It was a tag match. Rusev and Humberto versus Angel Garza and Bobby Lashley. Angel Garza rolled him up, grabbed the tights, picked, pinned him one, two, three. I mean, it, uh, and Rusev, the baby face, attacks Angel Garza after the match because he's so frustrated. Yeah, I, I, I think Angel Garza is doing great. Uh, so it's, I don't know. It's, but I love Rusev. And they're obviously just not doing it like the Bobby Lash thing's over. They they're done with it. I mean, Lana is not even involved in the chamber match. I mean, it's probably a good thing, but 
she's definitely been more you know, of a prominent position than Sarah Logan, and she's not even in the match. So it doesn't make any sense. I think they're just done with them. I think they brought them back to probably, probably try to ruin their marriage because they ruined their storyline at one point and have hated them ever since. But who knows? He's he's losing again, so it's it's sad because he's he's such a talent and can be so entertaining. And this is what they do. It's WWE. Yeah, it's dumb. So one final question about WWE Raw, and I want to be unbiased because I hate this guy, and you know who I'm talking about already. So I'm gonna let you start, Kyle, and I want to ask you and Micah this question because I think he has. And Carol agrees with me. She's actually the one that brought this up. Ricochet, right? No. <laughs> Seth Rollins. Yes. Kyle Pauly. Has Seth Rollins already jumped the shark with this terrible or great uh, persona that he currently has? I. It's It's hard. Like, I feel like this is a better role for Seth. Yeah. But the Messiah thing is he was out there for way too long this week and said nothing. So if it stays the way it is, then yes, this is going to die a death and it's never going to get over. And it's just going to, but I think Seth is good as a heel. I think him, I, I mean, at the end of the show that obviously they had the, you know, the baby faces come out and challenge him as the Messiah and his, you know, cronies. And he got cornered at the end of the match and, uh, or as the match was over. And, you know, Seth is like the, you know, heel that's getting beat up and, you know, whatever. I think it's a good role for it. Like, obviously he doesn't need to always get beat up and, you know, but I think it's a good role for him. But just, yeah, him coming out every week and saying he's the Messiah and not saying anything for like 20 minutes, that's not going to work. Agreed. Micah? So, a, I don't know. WWE has an issue of oversaturating their talent. Um, they they do. They don't know how to. They somehow simu- simultaneously oversaturate them and undersaturate them. Yeah, right. like he's been on so much of the screen time of Raw in like the last, I mean, like the last year, but like the last month as his new gimmick, and I'm already over it because it's just the same thing every week. I don't like Seth Rollins. I like him better as a heel, but I don't like him. They're giving me no reason to like him. He hasn't shown me that he's an expert in the ring. I mean, he's a good worker, but he's not like... I mean, Ricochet is a fantastic wrestler. He's I the would best wrestler watch... in the world, Micah. Have you I, heard him? He might be, man. He's really good. Um, he's de- he might be the best wrestler on WWE's roster, at least. Um, Ricochet is a real-life superhero, though. I didn't, did you know that? I didn't know that. Also, yeah, did you know Baker is a dentist. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, it's it's oversaturated. Um, that segment this week was way too long. I'm sick of this stupid story because it's not a story. It's just this group doesn't like this group, and they fight, and they fight again. And they fight and they fight and they fight and they yeah. fight again. It might as well be cowboys versus Indians at this point. Why don't they like each other? I don't know. They just don't like each other, and they fight every week. I mean. I don't know if it's the gimmick so much that's bad. It's just, and it's not even Seth Rollins' fault, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, agreed. he doesn't have a whole lot to work with, and he's proven he can be a good heel in the past. Right. And, and this is still better than him being a face, but no, it's just bad. It's just bad. I don't like it. I don't want to see it anymore. Here's a, here's a good example of, you know, proper long-term booking 
versus WWE. Look at, okay. Look at their main event picture on both shows. It's Seth Rollins and like Kevin Owens and all those, you know, his factions feuding with each other. They wrestle every week. Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin, they've wrestled a hundred times. So now they're about to have their blow off match or they actually had it already, but now they're just going to have a match. How many times did they wrestle before that? A hundred times. Right. AEW, their two biggest programs are Cody Rhodes and MJF, John Moxley and Chris Jericho. How many times have they wrestled? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Zero times. And it's been a program that's been built over several months, at least the Cody and MJF, the Jericho and, well, I guess they've been on about the same time track. But yeah, I mean, zero times. Each week they have a segment, or not even each week, they, they have a segment or something that reminds you of it. And they are taking small steps because it's not always about the destination. It's about the journey. So, but it's WWE. That's what they do. Yeah. They hotshot everything. So we didn't grade Raw or SmackDown, but like, do we care? I mean, they're, they're both average, right? F. <laughs> so, uh, Raw I didn't hate it like I have done shows in the past I mean it had a lot of dumb stuff on it for sure I'd give it like a C minus I mean it was it was there Smackdown numbers if I've ever seen an episode yeah Smackdown again wasn't great I mean it had the main event which I thought was okay for what it was I enjoyed The Miz and uh, John Morrison against Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns and even Bailey Carmelo. So I like that match. So I would probably give it a C plus slightly better than raw this week, but I mean, AEW is still the best show on TV. So yeah, by a pretty yeah. large margin. I think so. Um, so yeah, they were both average. I don't care to grade them. Do you want to grade them? Micah F. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Fine. So we're going to go old school guys and we're going to end the show. With some trivia. So I have 10 questions. I you hope that's just, enough. You sense our excitement. I know, I know. <laughs> 10 questions, which I hope is enough. And what to, if when you get the answer, I got to do say your name. I do have to finish the question before you can say your name. And the first person that says Thanks, their name. Matt. Yeah, yeah. The first person that says their name, I will call on. And then you will be able to answer. The first person to get three questions right wins, and the loser is going to have our 30-second punishment, which used to have a name, but I forgot. I need to go back and listen to an old episode. So, yeah. We're excited. And here comes question number one. This is a multiple-choice question. Who were the members of the Allied Powers who wrestled together for most of 1995? Kyle. Is it Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. You must complete the question. Question's do you over. Want to, I guess. Do you want to complete the question or? Question's over. I mean, I was going to give you the multiple choice, but go ahead. It's okay. I don't know. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's soon to be Hall of Famer British Bulldog and Lex Luger. That is correct. Lex Luger and Davy Boy Smith. And does it count? I wasn't alive in 1995. <laughs> 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 That's Kyle with one. Michael with zero. Question number the two. The British Bulldog's going to win whether he likes it or not. <laughs> you ever seen that Beginning clip? In, 
Yes, it's bad. Yeah, fantastic. This is not a multiple choice question. Beginning in 2003, Ron Killings, Conan, and B.G. James wrestled in TNA, Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, as what faction? Oh, I know it, but I don't know it. Uh, Yeah, I can't remember either. I know that they were in a faction, but I can't remember the name, and I'm pretty sure I saw it recently on the Squared Circle. Kyle. Can you think... Go ahead. I don't think this is it, because I think it was just a tag team, but Voodoo Kim Mafia? That is incorrect. That was BG James and Kip James. Yes. Um, so if you can think of their theme song, Our Truth sings it. Ron Kelling sings the, the the name of the faction in the theme song. Wait, Micah. Yeah. Is it Three Live Crew? That is correct. Oh, oh yeah. That's right. The Three Live Crew. Yeah. Took me a minute. Yeah. yeah I, I think I think Three Live Crew was there when we went to TNA. They one hundred percent were. Yep. Yeah. Uh Micah won, Kyle won. Question number three. One of the most famous stables in pro wrestling history is the New World Order. Which of these WCW stars has never been a member of the NWO? Is it A, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes? B, the Great Muta? Three, Louis Spicoli? C, sorry, C, C, Louis Spicoli? Or D, Ming? Micah. Yeah. Um, I don't know who the last two people are. I'm going to go with Dusty Rhodes because I've never seen a picture of Dusty Rhodes in NWO. Uh, that is or... incorrect. Yeah, I got to look that up. Yeah, he was, it was very short, very brief time period. Yes, he was in the NWO. Kyle, would you like to, like to guess? I'm going to go with C, Louis Piccoli. That is incorrect. The answer is D, Ming. Uh, uh, I, it was in the Dungeon of Doom. I knew it was, Micah Ming. I knew it was one of those two. Is Haku. As, as who? Yeah. But I thought he was. Haku? I thought he was in it late in the uh, late in the game. But no, nope, he was not. I was wrong. Yeah, Ming is Haku. He is also the okay. father of Tamatanga. Yeah, and I know who All right, one to one. And this is another multiple choice question. Which of the following names was not one used by the Dudley Boys in ECW? So we all know Spike, Bubba Ray, and Devon. Remember, remember, they were a whole faction in ECW. So, which one of these is not a Dudley boy? A. Dances with Dudley. B. Dudley Dudley. C. Big Dick Dudley. Or D. Mute Dudley. Kyle. Uh-huh. D. Mute Dudley. That is correct. So the sign guy, Devon, made a joke, and it's like, look, it's Mute Dudley. Yeah. Yeah. So Kyle 2, Michael 1. Here's another multiple choice. Which pair of the following wrestlers is not related? Is it A, C.W. Anderson and Arn Anderson? B, Sam Houston and Jake Roberts? C, Hulk Hogan and Horace Hogan? Or D, the Honky Tonk Man and Jerry Lawler? Micah. Micah? C. C, Hulk Hogan and Horace Hogan is incorrect. (sighs) It's A, Uh, baby. That is true. C.W. Anderson and Arn Anderson were not related. That means Kyle wins three to one. And Horace Hogan was related to Hulk Hogan? I did not know that. Yep, 100%. It was the truth. He played his nephew on TV, and he actually is. And it's the so way Micah, he was getting on TV. 
That's one hundred percent true. Same with uh, David Flair. Michael, and you I, have thirty seconds as your punishment. Bischoff's kid, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Micah, thirty seconds to tell me why Orange Cassidy is the future of AEW. And oh. go. I don't need thirty seconds to convince you of this. I just need two words. Orange Cassidy, because if you've ever seen this man, you know that he indemnifies everything that sports entertainment is. You look at this man and you see him and you see someone who's strong. He's strong, brother. He's strong. He comes through. He gives. He lays out. I mean, he, sometimes he goes into business for himself. Don't get sometimes. me wrong. Sometimes. And he'll, he'll lay out some kicks that, you know, maybe shouldn't. And not work kicks or shoot kicks. <laughs> but this man, he, he's got the gimmick. He's got the look. He's got the entrance. He's got the the... Uh, persona and he is your future AEW world heavyweight champion with his hands in his pockets Orange Cassidy future AEW heavyweight champion ladies and gentlemen this has been your weekend review for Wrestle Life Radio episode 83 I am Wrestle Life Matt please follow us all on Facebook and Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio Follow us at Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter you can follow me at Wrestle Life Matt on Instagram or Twitter and you can follow Kyle on Instagram at Kyle.Polly. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. You can listen to us whenever and wherever. Please tell your friends. We really appreciate you. If there's anything you want to call in, I know we don't say this a lot, but we sometimes we post it. So follow us on Facebook when we post this. Um, you can call in and ask us questions, and we would love to hear from you guys, especially with WrestleMania season coming up. Do we have the Thank Wrestle so Life Radio hotline? We have a Wrestle Life Radio hotline. There's actually a link. Wow. If you clicked on this from Facebook or Instagram, there's a link right below. And if you don't know how to do it, just go to facebook.com forward slash radio, and there is a link on every post where we post our new episodes. You can see how you can contact us. So it's fun. It's good stuff, and we hope to hear from you nice. guys. Thank, thank you again, guys. We really appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed this format, and we will see you very soon. Strong, brother. Let us know how you like the new format. <laughs>